0: Welcome to the Haber Show. As always, I'm joined by what I used to say was ESPN's Amin El Hassan, but now, what do I introduce you guys?
1: Oh, now you got to give me the multi-pronged intro where I am Lebittard shows Amin El Hassan, also SiriusXM's Amin El Hassan, also. Cynophobes, Amino Hassan and Bombs Amino Hassan and also now the Haber Show's Amino Hassan.
0: How about that, Tommy? I like your tone there. You went, you kept going up. You got your, your, your voice got higher and higher as you added credentials to your list. That was really impressive. I listened to the the Levitard pod uh, yesterday. It seems like they offered you a job on the air.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh you know, it's funny because I was I was talking to my agent about it and it's like it's working there is like being permanently in an Andy Kaufman bit. Yes. You don't know when the joke is over and we're being for real. So the whole time I'm like, is this are we joking? Are we kidding? Am I in? I don't know. Am I in? And and they kept saying, Oh, but you're gonna work for free. And I'm like, ha, ha, ha. And they're like, wait, are they serious? Because I uh, Dan texted me last night, and he was like, how did it feel today? And I said, to be honest, I was kind of surprised. I was expecting a lot more of either a mixed response or just more negativity, and it was just so overwhelmingly positive that it, it kind of threw me off. And You know, I, I, I'm not accustomed to that. And he said, what do you mean? I said, look, I don't I call myself Darth Amin because I'm the hero of the story. Like, <laughs> Like I'm usually the bad guy and to have this kind of, uh, you know, reception was yeah. kind of – it took me uh, back and he says, that's how we're paying you with applause and and, <laughs> and congratulations. I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure my mortgage won't accept that as a form of payment. So
0: <laughs> let's I just love, be
1: clear. I, I need- love
0: that they interviewed you to be the replacement for Stu Gatz while Stu Gatz is on the line and uh, they're they're basically asking you like, hey w- – how come you would be a good fit for this company and and replacing Stu Gatz? And you you I'm guessing you're improving that, but it was it was impressive. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you. I got
1: a I got a text from Mike on while I'm driving to the studio here to record to my little studio, the Death Star studio, and uh, and Mike says, "By the way, we're interviewing you for Stu Gatz's job." So I was like, "Ha ha!" And that was it. That was all the prep I had. And on the way there, I just kind of thought. I thought about Stu right? Because I knew like, I didn't know Lefko was on, but as soon as they said Lefko was here, I said he absolutely dug in his Rolodex and brought like Dwayne Wade or someone on the show. That's Lefko's <laughs> move. Like is the guy. When Katie Nolan did her impromptu Zoom party uh, back in April, early in the in the pandemic. Um, and it was do you know you know about this?
0: No. Continue. Hey,
1: we got, we got we got a visitor. <laughs>
0: she, you can,
1: Yeah, area. you don't have to <laughs> crawl.
0: <laughs> I mean,
1: hey, what's up, Ellie? How's it going? <laughs>
0: you look like what's
1: it what called? The bear crawl or whatever. <laughs> she just um, did an
0: army crawl across the my office yeah. here to try to get out of the screen. It didn't work. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, anyway, uh, you so, were saying, yeah,
1: yeah. So K- Katie Nolan does this. Uh, she sends a Zoom invite and says, look, I'm trying to do this thing here. Uh, we need you to get the most famous person in your phone book, but you don't tell them what it's for. Right. Just see who you can get in here. Did you do you that in
0: the, in, in the like, early pandemic?
1: Yeah, early pandemic, right? And it started, I think I had the first the first celebrity on was courtesy of me. It was Jaleel White, uh, you know, Stay better known as, as Steve. Yeah. The Urkel from uh, Family Matters. Jalil White is is a good friend of mine, but uh, like I didn't, I couldn't tell him what it was. He thought it was actually a zoom of me, like we're just gonna chop it up. I was like, wait, where are all these people doing here? And then it just started <clears throat> uh, skyrocketing after that. And Mike Ryan brought in Lefko and Lefko just brought in heavy hitters. I mean, Lefko <laughs> was bringing in heavy fucking hitters, and I was just like, Mike took credit. I'm like, no, no, Mike doesn't get credit. You don't get credit for for Levko's hard work yeah Uh, you know he was very much so but anyways i digress uh i I went in there and i said look stugatz comes down to three things like he's a grifter uh he's gonna look to cut corners and um he's gonna be you know what was the third one i can't remember what the third one was
0: i mean chemistry i I think you mentioned chemistry or something oh
1: chemistry yeah yeah it's all about chemistry it's not uh, the show isn't about guests it's about the chemistry of the other, world. and if you're filling in for Stugatz, you gotta replicate what Stu Stugatz brings to the table. And I said I can do that, so that was my
2: pitch.
0: It Was great. And then you also did some basketball takes. They brought you in and asked you NBA questions, and you answered those. That was impressive too. But things have changed. I mean, since yeah. you were asked about the Brooklyn Nets, you you had a very boilerplate question about, uh, you yeah, know, what do you think about the Nets this year? And by the way, I faded up. Well, 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 I faded mm-hmm. the Nets this year, and yeah. after the first couple day, couple games, I felt like, oh, you know what, that was a bad pick. And then the season really started to hit them. Um, should we get into this now? Do you want to talk about Kyrie? Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, like, what's the latest? The latest I have is the videos of him at his sister's birthday party, right? right? And. That's- that's and an, the an latest investigation has happened. been
0: opened where the league is now reviewing the videos that are circulating about Kyrie Irving. Um, like
1: the protocol. right?
0: right. Um the videos purportedly showing Kyrie Irving at his sister's birthday no, party. No, they,
1: they don't they don't purportedly. They show him at his sister's birthday party. <laughs> She's blowing out a cake. It says the number 30 on it and and he's standing right beside her with a big smile on his It's his sister's birthday party and he was there.
0: And uh there's at least uh, over like over a dozen people there. Um, And I I don't understand how Kyrie doesn't first of all, just say, Hey, no phones. We're not doing phones today. Like,
1: so when I went to the star Wars, uh, red carpet premiere, right. The first one I'd ever gone to, we got to the, you know, you walk the red carpet and they basically just funnel you to into the theater. Right. They just want to keep it moving so that once everyone's in, they can start the movie. When you get to the front of the theater, there are these neoprene sleeves. They say, put your phone in this. And then they lock it, and then they give you the sleeve So you can never say, they lost my phone or whatever. You got it in your hands. You just can't access it. Uh, I know that Dave Chappelle does this for a lot of his events. It started with uh, All-Star Weekend in New Orleans. He uh he had a big party yeah. out in a plantation somewhere where everybody went except for me, because I wasn't invited. Yeah, well, did Jamal Tinsley pop- write about
0: this? Was it Tinsley? Justin wrote- Tinsley.
1: <laughs> Justin Tinsley wrote about it. Yes. Jamal Tinsley, I don't think, was there. <laughs> I think he's somewhere in, in Brooklyn right now. I'm drinking a 40. No, uh, but Dropping yes, Dimes. Justin Tinsley yeah. wrote about Justin Tinsley wrote it on pen and paper. He wrote all his notes. On a notepad down, because yeah. nobody had their phones available to them. Shout out to Pablo Torre, Bomani Jones, Rachel Nichols, uh, Ter- Tracy McGrady, the intern who made it. Everyone who went except for me. But shout out to Michelle Beadle because me and Beadle tore up bourbon instead, and that was that was a lot of fun. So, um, anyways, the point being is in this day and age, the standards have been set: movie premieres, exclusive parties. Like this one. Everybody, phones in a bucket or phones in these sleeves. You can hire the company to, to do it for the night. Again, all it takes is someone to hand out the sleeves, make sure it's locked, and then someone at the end of the night to unlock it. right? Because it's kinda like the um if you look at the security tags on clothes at a department store, right? When you go to the cash. You should work at Banana they, Public,
0: I know what that is. Yeah.
1: There you go. They pop the thing off. So yeah. it's it's the same it's the same concept. So like it's just insane to me, especially when you talk about this isn't 500 people at a party. It's a fairly small, intimate event. Bro, it's not that hard, man. Shell out the extra two Gs or whatever. Have so have this company come do it. And have peace of mind that you can dance as awfully as he danced, and it'll never get out. I don't. Did you see the, the video of him dancing?
0: I so saw a little bit. Well, there's like a long video. I oh. just saw like a few seconds of it.
1: I saw. I saw. Let me see if I can play it for you. You, not for the listener, but you, uh the 13
2: second clip. There you go. And there's no there's no audio, so he's performing. I
0: mean he he's got it. A- oh, you
1: know,
2: just you know what it reminds me of? Do you
1: remember in 2014 yeah. when we went to the finals in San Antonio, we walked the river walk, and that was one of some of the fun content we used to make where you would write a story and then me and you would have like an experience tour of the city while talking about
0: the article I sweat all I remember is I sweat th- so quickly through that yeah. shirt
1: Yeah, it was it was pretty gross. It was pretty gross. Uh Tom's picnic uh <laughs> picnic blanket shirt was was ruined gingham, but black, also, black and white gingham, yes. Yeah. Oh, gingham style. Um <laughs> and, and then the I remember we walked by a restaurant where they had the mariachi guys were walking around on the river walk kind of playing and you started dancing and I told you to stop dancing. (laughs) That's what Kyrie looked like. He danced exactly like you. Well, you can say I dance. I dance like a future
0: hall of famer. That's right. I don't know if he comes back. I mean, I don't know if like the more I see what's happening with Kyrie. I just don't think he gives an F about it all. He just doesn't because this video, it's not just that one person rogue, uh sna- um camera it was like a bunch of people there in attendance like sh- uh videotaping the proceedings the party right so he's yeah. got to know all this stuff is going to get out and meanwhile yeah. his teammates are like you know whatever's going on with him like uh, i wanna, i want to i want to give a shout out to kyrie and like i'm pr- i'm praying for him i'm thinking about him hope everything's going okay and his teammates are being asked about it every day Look. And yet, it's just, I don't
1: know if he's oblivious. Like what? I'm going to say this. Yes, it is possible to have a serious thing going on in your personal life. And also to surmise that I need to get my mind off of this and supporting my sister on the day of her birth. Which, by the way, is the same day of her dad. Their dad, right? Their dad has the same birthday? Or it's around the same time?
0: Around the same, yeah, same it's, yeah, it's it's,
1: it's 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 Dred's birthday around around this time, right? So, like, I get it. I don't want to be like, if you're gonna be sad, you got to be all the way sad in your room or whatever. Having said that, you have to be cognizant, or whoever's who whoever, the people. You know what's funny, Tom? I could say he has to be cognizant, but in reality, his supporting crew has to be cognizant. Much in the same way that when Jonathan Isaac like stumbled his way through the the softballiest of of uh, of uh, Taylor uh, Rooks's questions. Taylor Rooks didn't come at him with venom; she gave him a fairly straightforward question that one would expect if you were going to take this kind of stance, and he absolutely
2: botched it, just completely shat the bed. Right? Um, You have to know. I'm gonna do this. This is going to come after it. And so,
1: if that's the case, yo, it's Asia's birthday. No phones. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have videographers. We're gonna have a good
0: time. We're gonna have a good time. But this is gonna be a private affair. This is us. We're
1: gonna have pros to shoot this, and we'll have a picture booth. We can do all those things. But no, no, no. None of this is going to get out. Hey, man, I went
2: to my – my cousin Eve is the president of Dreamville Records. Went to his wedding. No no pictures got out. Cole was there. Like, I mean, pictures came out eventually after
1: they decided, okay, these are the ones or whatever. But that wasn't an issue. We knew how to, like, play it cool. Don't post anything. Don't be on Instagram. It's not hard. And again, at, it, part of it is on Kyrie, but to me, I always put the bigger onus on the supporting cast. You're the motherfuckers that don't got to do shit. You go back to your job tomorrow, nobody knows who the fuck you are. He's the one where he does shit. It's going to be a news story. So you have to look out for him if you're really his friend or his his business partner or whatever, his agent. And, and if you're not doing that – now, if Kyrie was taking selfies and putting it out, there ain't nothing you can do. But you can limit and restrict everyone else's uh, access to kind of social media.
2: It did feel
0: – watching the video, um, it, it did strike me, I mean, about how – the world we're living in right now is that every little video – or even when I flip through Instagram, I see like my buddies hanging out or my uh, – you know some distant relative hanging out in public and that's like a recent photo. And I Im- immediately think like, ooh, COVID. You know, if you're like publicly yeah. gathering or if you're not wearing masks, it immediately hits. It's even like Christmas cards that I get. It just I'm instinctively now been conditioned to like think ah, they're not social distancing. And when a video pops up of Kyrie Irving celebrating his sister's birthday. I got a little uh, big brother ish feeling of like I, I it feels invasive that I'm watching this and saying he's doing the wrong thing like do you feel like a little bit, that this has got the surveillance of that the NBA season yeah. has become just way too invasive is that a guy can't go celebrate his sister's birthday but, but no, but without Tom. being like there's a little part of me who feels that like sympathetic that this is this just sucks it just sucks
1: Tom, Tom Tom It's not normal
0: times. I know. I just I'm I'm admitting that there's there's a slice of me that there's
1: two there's two rings right the outer ring the outer ring is all of us whether you're a garbage man whether you're the CEO of a company whether you're the governor of California right we are all held to these to this standards hey social distance. Don't be indoors with large groups of people. Wear your mask. Wash your hands. We're all in this. This is a global thing. Well, not New Zealand because they fucking fixed it already.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, but they have an but, advantage. They're they're an island.
1: They're an island. Yeah, they don't have to worry about assholes coming every fucking day, right?
0: But uh, they get it all but the reality out. is, again, like we're
1: we're all we're all in this together. We all have a group social responsibility, right? But. At the end of the day, it is a social responsibility, it's not a social obligation, and it's not, a, it's not a law. In some places it is a law, but in many places it's not a law. I can have people over at my house right now in Arizona. It's not against the law, it's stupid, it's dangerous, it's unnecessarily risky, but at the end of the day, I'm not breaking any laws. So you might be breaking your social contract with society of doing what's right. But you're not breaking any rules, per se. But then the inner circle is that of NBA players. These are rules. They are written on paper. They did give it to you. They did let you know. They did make an example of the bearded one down in Houston. I was just making sure my girlfriend, my, my homegirl, uh, was a boss, and um, now I can't, uh, I can't like celebrate her being. No, you can't. That's why they put it on paper. That's why they told you, hey, Eight million deep, invasive nasal swabs, and you're suspended until you clear them. And for every game you miss because of this, we're docking you a game, a game check, which is not 1-110th like it used to be. It's now one A lot more, right? This shit is real. Regardless of whether you think the pandemic ain't real or ain't serious or, or this is fear mongering or whatever, it doesn't fucking matter if you're an NBA player or an NBA personnel. Because these are the rules of your workplace. And if you don't like it, then fucking take your ass to China or the New Zealand League, or the NBL. Go play in New Zealand. He's got an Australian passport. I'm sure that's, that's good for something. And then he ain't got to worry about it. But no, there's no like, oh, he's just celebrating his sister's birth. Like, no. No. And that's why, Tom, I don't sit here saying, you knew better. You shouldn't have. I say, bro, if you're going to do that, this is how we're going to do it. You mm-hmm. Go cheat. This is how we going to cheat. You're going to s- break rules. Let's do this smart, right? You
0: There's can't be break consequences rules. Consequences against- for your actions.
1: Yes. You can't break rules. About, oh, why? Why are we doing? No, it's already done. It's like it's like the the people who stormed the Capitol building, and then they're surprised they're on a no fly list. No, you don't get to go back to work. Like nothing fucking happened. There are consequences for all this, and so for Kyrie, it's just. If you wanted to do this, there's a way to do it. And by the way, you can't even say I didn't know about the rules because he, of all people, can't have that excuse because guess what he is? A vice president of the Players Association. <laughs> Bro, every, you, got, you got that memo before everybody else did. Before it goes to the players
2: and it gets ratified, it goes to the NBPA first. What do you think Kevin Durant thinks of this? I think he's saying, "Come on, man."
1: I, I, that's that's the part I, I'm I'm curious about, right? Because from the very beginning, a year of almost two years ago when they signed there, I, I likened it to becoming roommates in college with your best friend. Oh, we're best buddies. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Every time we hang out, it's the best time ever. Yo, you know what? We should live together. Oh, it will be nonstop fun. And then you realize, wow. Oh my god, he clips his toenails in the sink. Oh my god, can you do the dishes? Can you take out the trash once? And like the things so that you like about morning. him is
0: that he's relaxed, he's a lot of fun, and he's he makes me laugh. All these things and you're like, "Man, that guy just never stops." Like I just I whatever it him. is.
1: Yeah. Whatever it is, you were insulated from it because you only saw him or her at like specific times for specific purposes. For a specific allotted amount of time and now it's 24 hours a day and all those things either all those things that were pleasant are no longer pleasant when they're doing 24 hours a day or you discover the new things about them that you didn't know because you weren't around them 24 hours a day that's what I always imagined this relationship to be
0: and I think Kevin Durant would be of all people I think he just wants to hoop I think so too and so for all these – th- I don't know if you want to call them distractions, but it is going to be something that are going to have to every day talk about and be oh, asked he's not, about.
1: He's not playing. That's not a distraction. A distraction is if he's playing and it's like, hey, man, it says here you were at a party last night. Ah, That's no big deal. That was actually old or whatever. That's not what's happening here. What's ha- he is not playing. Mm-hmm. He's saying, I'm not available. And he did it without telling anybody, by the way. Didn't tell the, the coach. Didn't tell the GM. Didn't tell – His teammates, right? Like, that's – look, I don't care how much of a Kyrie apologist you are or or pro player or whatever. Like at some point, we have to acknowledge there is a a bare minimum of common courtesy that you owe the people you work with. Can we just call it –
0: it's unprofessional what he's doing?
1: More than unprofessional. I, I use this example on the radio with Zach Harper. I said, Zach, what if I told you I'm going to pick you up and we'll take you down to the car lot so you can get to the mechanics so you can get your car. Meet me at three o'clock right outside your house. And Zach says, fine. At three o'clock, Zach's waiting at 305, 310, 315, and he texts, he doesn't hear anything, and he calls me, he doesn't hear anything from me. And around 345, he runs into you. And 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 you say to him, Hey, Zach, what's going on? What you doing? It's like, oh, I'm waiting for Amina to pick me up, He's supposed to take me to the mechanic. Like, oh no, yeah, Amisa, he ain't doing that shit.
0: Yeah. Like yeah. you gotta hear it from someone else. We've all worked with that person where it's like, just communicate. Just give us a heads up Some if fun. you're gonna be out. And the other thing is, to go back to his support staff or the people who were around him, like they didn't seem to know either. Or they didn't they didn't reach out to the Nets and be like, hey, like Kyrie's dealing with some stuff. It seems, from my perspective, it hasn't been a story that I've read. Is that hey, Kyrie's people reached out to us and said he's dealing with some personal issues and he is out indefinitely. It seemed like, from what I have read about Steve Nash and the organization, is like, yeah, we reached out, haven't heard back.
1: The answers indicate that they're in the dark. And again, what I said on Levitard Show and I stand behind is this is when Steve Nash separates himself from all the other coaching candidates because. He's a guy with an emotional intelligence level for the peculiar because he himself was a peculiar guy.
0: Yeah, can um, you tell the people, remind people what he said about the Iraq war?
1: Yeah. So in 2004, when being an athlete, being outspoken was not a thing, nobody did it. And more importantly, in this country where the political climate was that of we stand unified, Hillary Clinton voted yes on uh, the uh, Iraq invasion and uh, the weapons of mass destruction and all this stuff, all that shit, it was like a death sentence to stand up and say, "I don't know about this, guys. What does it have to do with Al Qaeda, right, or or 9/11?"
0: And he's two time at this point, right? Steve he's
1: two, he, or he's either one or two time. He's, he's definitely right in the middle of being MVP of this league. This the the spotlight is as bright as it can be. He said this shit is wrong. He's like, oh, I don't support this. This is, this is an act of aggression and da-da-da. In a red fucking state? He didn't do this shit in, in the Bay or in New York or Chicago. He did it in Phoenix fucking Arizona, man, where the, the, the airport is named after Barry Goldwater, one of the most staunch Republicans ever, right? So he knows what it's like to have that burden of a greater societal issue weighing upon you, and I have to go play this game at 7.30. He's been there and had people question his intentions, his motives and all that. He's been there. He's He knows what that's like. So he's a guy that can relate on a level that, no offense, Jason Kidd couldn't do that because Jason Kidd never had to do that. And uh, Mark Jackson couldn't do that because Mark Jackson – was never that caliber of player, right? It's not a knock on these men that they're not good enough to coach. But there's only
0: a few people on this planet saying, who can relate to what Kyrie Irving said. Yeah. For this particular job,
1: yeah. I'm not doing the Paul Abdul, you're not right for this competition. I'm literally saying for this particular job, given the personnel that they had, Steve Nash was the right guy for the job. Now, though, is the time where you got to prove it. So... Just because he doesn't return your calls and all that shit, Steve's got to find a way because you're the you're the one. He wasn't gonna listen to to you know, I don't know, Jack Vaughn about this.
0: Kenny Atkinson, right, right,
1: or Kenny Atkinson or or whoever. So we'll see, we'll see how this goes.
0: Yeah, that's that's a problem, and that, I mean beyond the whole on court stuff that they have to deal with, the fact that they can't. Uh... They can't stop a refrigerator, right? Like they can't. They can't play any defense. Like there's this whole other thing: is how often is Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant going to play together? How often is that going to happen? We're yeah. we're asking that question about ev- just about every duo in the NBA because it's just such a weird season. But, um, yeah, I don't know when Kyrie comes back. Uh, it, there is there is a small part of me that says I don't know if he comes back. Period. Um, because
1: you think so? You think he's done for the year? I don't think so. I don't think you can sit around and talk about being an artist and all that shit and then literally just abandon. Like imagine if, you know, Prince did all that talking about like being an artist and, and the, the the record label is like a slave master and then decided, you know what? Not gonna make music anymore. I'm gonna go over here and hang out with my with my No, nah, he
0: can still play or he can still be active in the basketball community and not play for an NBA team. Like
2: retire? I- Same retire? I don't – I think that's drastic even for him.
1: I don't think retiring. He's not he's – not At the very least, he away. could
0: – I think he could walk away this season and just be like, I'm, I'm opting out. I'm just, Megatron? I'm just gonna-
1: he's not going to Megatron it. He's not going to Barry Sanders it. The guy's got with two more years? Tom, he's got like $60 million – 60 plus million dollars. I don't two. know if
0: that matters to him. I don't it's know. I don't – like I legitimately don't know what drives him. Because I like, thought it would be like basketball.
1: Tom, Tom, remember when he said he wasn't going to talk to the media and he put out a press release? And then they said, well, okay, well, it's going to run you about this much. And that motherfucker next day, like,
0: hi, guys. That was just a one-time <laughs> thing. Like, yeah, but then he goes and hey, does Matt, this. I mean, he goes I know, and does this. But
1: like, he's pushing boundaries. It took one he's week of him being boundaries. like,
0: I'm a good sport. I'm going to be a good teammate. And then he goes and does this. He's pushing boundaries. He's pushing boundaries. He's
1: pushing boundaries. He's trying to see how far he can go. But what I'm saying, I bring that up not to say that he's, not he's going to be a good soldier or whatever that means. I, I say that to say he's not walking away from $60 million. And if he does, then fuck it. I respect the shit out of him. Right? Like if it's like, yo, you're owed this much. Like, no, my principles are worth more to me than $60 million. Then fuck it. Absolutely. As long as those
0: Nike checks keep clearing.
1: Will they keep clearing? <laughs> I don't know. That I... Most, the language in those contracts is very, very, very detailed. I I talked to the guys who know the sneaker deal world. Like, it ain't no, oh, yeah, but you can never play again and you still get your money. (laughs) No, 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 no. That's why Derrick Rose kept playing when it was like, you have one leg. Because that hundred or some odd million dollar contract wasn't just going to pay itself for him to be sitting at home. Unless you can prove yourself, I guess, some sort of different type of influencer. Is Kyrie that? Is he?
0: I think he is. Maybe. I
1: think he is. Is he? Is he? Influencer enough where people still I wear think his the shoes. The
0: rebellious uh, beats to the own rhythm, uh, drums to the beat of his own yeah. drum. R- yeah. What is it? Beat? Marches to the beat marches of to drum. the beat of his own drum. Yeah. I feel like that kind of plays rhythm, into that
1: rhythm. Definitely, rhythm doesn't definitely doesn't play into that. If you watch that video of him dancing
0: or me dancing, there, so those, I would have no or, I would have no concept of rhythm. If you've seen me dancing, I'm no Pablo Torre, you know. Hey, I mean, um, our guest today on the Haber Show has the longest list of credentials I have ever seen. <laughs> like the job title is just endless. So I'm Renee. I'm gonna try to do this justice, but you just <laughs> jump in if I missed anything. Um, okay, yeah, you
3: got it. I'm not. I'm definitely not adding anything. I can tell
0: you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, in one breath. Renee Montgomery, current WNBA player who most recently played for the Atlanta Dream, former WNBA All-Star with the Connecticut Sun, and two-time champion with the Lynx. Current Atlanta Hawks TV analyst on Fox Sports Southeast. I can't do it in one breath. She's officially a TED Talker co-host of TMZ Sports, which you can find late night on Fox Sports 1. She's also the contributor to LeBron's More Than a Vote initiative, co-owner of the FCF Beasts, and host of the Remotely Renee podcast. Renee, welcome to The Haber Show. Ten, ten titles.
3: Listen, I like that. Thank you for the introduction. I'm going to clip that. Thank you. I like it.
0: <laughs> yeah, which which one of you, those are you most proud of? It's got to be the, um, the FCF Beasts, right? You're now a co-owner yeah. of a football team.
3: Yeah. To be owner, I've never kind of had that type of title before. Usually, just player, talent. So to be owner, that's that's different. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. TED Talk was TED Talk's a different type of excitement because my family, like they're all scholars, and so I've always done things in the sports world. So I, I live in the sports world. So whenever I do something like outside of the sports world, yeah, that kind of that gives me a different type of satisfaction. So. I would say all of it, starting my own podcast, too. This is, that's, this is hard. Like, you're doing it right now. This is hard. So having remotely Renee is pretty hard but enjoyable. It's so that labor of love that we talk about.
1: Renee, you, we all know that family are our harshest critics. <laughs> and you said you have a family of scholars. So what was the harshest criticism you got about your TED Talk?
3: Oh man. Um I would just no, I think that they kind of they they dove into it. They were like, what? They had you doing a tattoo? <laughs> that, like, that, yes, that, that is a critic
0: criticism, man. If they were like, wait, I'm you like, did they get yes the wrong person?
3: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's hard, by the way. I don't know if you guys know, but like they want you off book for long speeches. Like I did one of the mini speeches and I thought that that was a doozy. There's people that do like 20 minute Ted talks. There's repeat offenders for Ted talks. Mm. I'm like, how I felt like I was studying for like the, the, (laughs) I don't know, like the LCAT, all of that. Like, I felt like I was really (laughs) studying and preparing for like something, a big test. And the test was me remembering my lines. And when I say my lines, I wrote the speech, but you know, to present it in a powerful way, it's, my acting, like, you know, my improv, everything, like, it, it was hard.
0: Yeah, no class at UConn is going to prepare you for that.
3: And I'm a, I'm a, a communications major, so <laughs> oh, just, to put, just to put that in perspective, like, these scholars are everything that they are built up to be.
0: Well, Renee, I can't imagine what this past week has been like for you. Um all of the stuff going on in the country. And not just that, you're covering the Atlanta Hawks on in your day job. You got your podcast. But bigger than all of that is what happened today last week, January 5th, the election in Georgia. What was that day like for you uh being on the front lines and trying to get as much of the vote out there?
3: So January 5th, we're talking about, um man, that was, it was nerve wracking, you know, because it's almost like well, I've done all I can do. Like, let's wait and see what happens, almost. And and as we saw on November 3rd, you don't even know if you're going to find out the results th- on January 5th. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like January 5th is going to be, well, when are we going to know? Um, fortunately, we knew about Senator Warnock, you know, that night, and I stayed yeah. up for it. I was kind of like, waiting, like, I want... Because the same thing happened in the presidential election. Things happen, like, at the late hours, and I didn't want to be asleep, so... It was just more so just kind of just hopeful. I just felt very hopeful.
1: Renee, I want to ask you a question moving back a little bit. When was the first time you realized that one of the owners of your, of the team you play for was problematic? Let's, let's put it that way.
3: I would say the same time you realized it, you know, the letter, the letter hit, hit the internet and, we all watched it the same time. Like it's not like they sent us a memo beforehand saying, Hey, this letter was sent when it hit the internet. When I saw it on Twitter, you know, I think I probably saw it the same time you all did. So that's, that's kind of when, and then it wasn't any, it was black and white, you know, it was Mm -hmm. cut and dry. I was like, Oh, okay. So here we are. Like, you know, that's kind of, I kind of found out the exact same way you did.
1: So like all your interactions or I don't know, even know how many interactions you'd had with her prior to that she just seemed normal
3: yeah yeah and i you know like think about the conversations that a player would have with the owner anyway we're not going to be like dapping it up right before the game at tip off being like hey what are your views politically like you know what i mean it's just not really a conversation you have i've never had that conversation with any of my team owners from any of my teams just to put it in perspective so it's kind of one of those things where you don't know until you know right
0: yeah cuz i would imagine uh you're not like vetting all of your owners or or minority owners in the in the in the organization before you sign with a team and then not like i can't imagine having that as my quote unquote boss you know is like do i speak up do i say something do should i should I risk my employment or being ostracized from my day job to speak out for what's right? And that's such a tricky question. You answered it by saying, I'm going to opt out of my contract with uh, the Atlanta Dream so- or the season in the Wubble so I can focus on social justice issues. And then literally your team is embroiled in this controversy and you're yeah. having to decide, like, I got to say something, right?
3: Yeah, you know, for me, it like when I opted out, I was more so thinking about a George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery. So when I opted out, those were my thoughts, you know, and then, well, add it to the list when you saw the letter, you know? So it was more so like, well, this is exactly why I'm opting out. I'm trying to make a change. I'm trying to change thought processes, perspectives, trying to just change the way we think. Cause it's time. Like it, we should be past this. And so whenever I saw the letter, that was just something to add to the list of reasons I was already opting out.
1: What's that feel like, by the way, to, I mean, I think it's kind of crazy. So I saw this, someone posted this uh, last Tuesday, where the day you, your teammates all came dressed with the uh, Reverend Warnock shirts, uh, Loeffler, Leffler. I don't know how to say her name. <laughs> Leffler. She was polling at about forty some percent, yeah. and then there were a couple of people, and then Reverend Warnock was at like nine percent. Yeah, and basically six months later, give or take, he's the the first black senator in the history of the state of Georgia. Right? How does it feel like to know that you guys that wasn't a great, you know, it yeah. it wasn't like you guys were the extra little push to take him over the top. Yeah. You you guys were instrumental and central in his victory campaign.
3: Yeah. You know, for me, it was, it's, it's crazy because when I opted out and I set out to, to make a difference, you know, like that's kind of what my impact, like what my thought process was, how can I make an impact? How can I turn one moment into like a momentum and just keep it going? Uh, I would have never dreamed that, that that's the type of impact we could have had as a collective uh, to me. I was just trying to see what I could do here in the community in Atlanta because that's where I'm at. And I'm like, well, you know, everybody's talking about changing the world. So let me just minimize it and try to just focus on Atlanta and see what I can do here. Um, the historical presence that the WNBA had and, and has, it's it's crazy to think about. You know, it's kind of like uh, when you're an athlete and you're in the moment, you're not necessarily thinking like, oh, yeah, we won the championship. You're almost thinking about your next championship. That's just kind of how it works. I don't know. but like in the moment, it's hard for, for me to just really take in, you know, the historical re- relevance that it has. But I'm so happy. Like, I'm I'm so happy to be a part of this. I'm so happy to be on the right side of history because a lot of people, I don't know if a lot of people realize which side was right or wrong for a long time. I think January 6th made a lot of people realize, oh, wow, we might be on the wrong side of this thing. You know, I think that was the moment where a lot of people realized it. But, you know, I knew I knew when I wrote her the letter back, you know, I knew what the right side was. So I'm so thankful to have been on it.
0: Have you spoken to her? I have not. Did you expect to I get she, a response? Yeah.
1: Has she ever tried to reach out at all to to any of you?
3: I, I can't speak for anyone else. I can only always speak for myself. And so I reached out kind of at the time when everybody knew I reached out and I kind of just left it there. You know, I just left that invitation out there to see if she wanted to talk. Some people don't want to change their mind or they don't want to talk and that's fine. Like I would rather talk to people that have an open mind about changing their mind because if not, you're almost talking to a brick wall. If somebody really doesn't want to hear what you have to say, but they're still listening in a sense, it's not, you're not going to get very far. So, you know, uh, she, she must not have wanted to talk.
0: If she wants to talk, what do you want to tell her? What, what is the objective of that conversation going to be for you if she wants to engage?
3: I mean, if she wants to engage, I'd love to hear what she had to say, you know. So that would be more so on her rather than me. Um, But, you know, I kind of put it out there that you have a WNBA team, the Atlanta Dream, who my teammates all play for. And so it would be on her to see, you know, what she would have to say because she wrote the letter.
1: You you mentioned January 6th. We all woke up and, and started watching the news. And as the day is unfolding, what's going on through your mind?
3: I was actually on set. This is so crazy. I was on set with TMZ sports and I get a text from my snook, which is my mom. And I look down and she wrote, Olympus has fallen. And I'm like, what? I seen that movie. Like, I I know what that means. So what does she mean? Almost. I'm looking at her like, what in the world? I'm still on set. Like I'm on air. So I tell everyone else, like, you know, I tell them, uh, my mom just texted me and said, Olympus is falling. I think there's stuff going on. Meanwhile, this is TMZ. So you could imagine that they're like,
2: <laughs> you
3: know, they're like, they're like on it. They're like, oh, snap, the Capitol Hill. Like, you know, and like, we have to finish, we have to finish this segment. We have to finish this episode. So I literally like had my phone sitting, like, I'm sitting in this exact same seat. I have my phone, like, up streaming the news as I'm on set, just kind of trying to see what is going on. And, I mean obviously we we no one could have expected how bad it was going to get. Uh well I guess we could have now seeing the aftermath and seeing how planned it was but yeah I had it was it was a shocking moment.
0: Yeah cuz for me watching it um as a white man it was I think in some ways The white? Yeah, believe it or not. Um, in some ways, I don't know. Wait, like I'm Greek Chilean. Did you know I'm part Chilean too? No. Yeah. <laughs> no, he was
3: asking me. I was going to say I didn't even know you were Greek. You're like. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, my my middle name is Kalakas, so that probably oh. helps you out there. Um, so the at watching it was it was so clear to me why this was such a big story beyond the violence and that it was the the fact the double standard was so plain to see. That when uh, minority or black protesters are peacefully protesting the kind of police uh, enforcement and behavior and conduct they have and numbers that they have, versus what we saw at the Capitol. was that um, was that what, what hit you too, is just how plain and how just I mean, no pun intended. Black and white this was.
3: Yeah, you know, um, it is black and white, uh, pun intended in a sense of, you can just, they like, if anyone needed proof, cause a lot of people, it just, they have a hard time believing that this is a reality. They have a hard time believing that there's still this level of racism. I mean, there was a noose out there. Just, I'm just throwing that out there, it's 2021. <laughs> there was a whole noose out there. There were an uncountable amount of Confederate flags. We understand what that stands for. So I, I always look at things in a certain way, I think that moment, January 6th, it was shocking for a lot of people. For for the black and brown community, not very shocking. Like, nope. we're not shocked. We already knew this. We kind of already been saying this. Even when I threw a pop-up block party and it was talked about mob mentality for our protests. I know we've mm-hmm. seen that on the news, mob mentality, all these different things. And I'm like, what? I just threw a cookout. Like, this is not a mob. Like <laughs> I knew that. We already knew this. But I think that there was a lot of other people that just didn't know how blatant it was until January 6th when they saw a large group of terrorists entering the Capitol Hill. Like, I think that a lot of people were shocked. Like, the black and brown community, again, not shocked because when we had our peaceful protests, you saw all the resistance. So, it, I think it's good sometimes for people to see it, for it to be in your face because now you can't ignore it.
0: One thing right. that happened that day that got lost in the in the mess that was the capital Siege was LeBron said he wanted to buy the Atlanta Dream or lead a group to buy the Atlanta Dream. And yeah. Renee, you jumped in and said, let's go. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm here. So what is the status yeah. of, I don't know whether it's the LeBron-led group or your interest in buying the Atlanta Dream. Like, where do we stand on that issue today?
3: Where we stand is that I love that LeBron brought attention to it. You know, like I just I think that just even that tweet, and I know it's crazy, like the power of social media, we see it. Twitter had to suspend, you know, Donald Trump's account. They had to because it was toxic. So just the power of social media, no one can deny it. So LeBron just even tweeting about our team and the situation our team is in, you know, I'm thankful for it because people need to see what's going on. People need to understand what's going on in sports. It's not just our team in sports.
1: You know what I don't get? I've always thought about if Kelly Leffler's her ideals and her worldview run so opposite to all the things of diversity, right? Regardless of whether she thinks she's a racist or not or or, or a homophobe or any of those things. It doesn't matter. She's got her worldviews where these things are important, right? Why the hell is she buying a WNBA team?
3: (laughs) Well, that's like the question of the hour. I want, like, you know, people wonder when those views changed. Because if you buy into a WNBA team, you're buying into certain things that you just, you know, alluded to. So that that's kind of what everyone's question is. Was your views always like they are now? Or if not, when did they change? Because being an owner of a WNBA team kind of comes with a lot. You know, it comes with what the WNBA stands for. And I think that's what people are really excited about the WNBA for. Like, wow, these women this is not the first time they've done this. And I'm like, no, it's not like, we've been doing this. This is like, I've done, this is my second time around in 2016 we did something. So <laughs> I think people are starting to see, wow, the WNBA, really, this is part of their identity. Um, and so I always like to shed light on again, the positive things. I know that that that's a big story, but the bigger story is that a black man from Georgia will be the first one that's entering yep. the Senate from Georgia and also a Jewish man from yep. Georgia will be entering the Senate as a senator. I think that's the story, and, and you know, we haven't even talked about that yet.
0: Georgia's blue.
3: That's a story, you know, like yeah, so man, yeah. wow. it's the the way that you have to combat history is you have to talk about the important things. And so I, I always try to make sure when I'm doing these things that I know everybody wants to talk about our situation, our ownership we won here in Georgia. And, you know, that's barely being talked about that the first black senator, that's barely being talked about that the first Jewish, man, like, oh, no, well, he's not the first, but a Jewish man is coming from Georgia. Like, that's, that's pretty amazing. Like, the reason that there's so much turmoil is because first, the presidential election was won by Joe Biden. Vice president, shouts to my madam vice president, Kamala Harris. That's a big story. The second big story is that, we won. It's a clean sweep, three and zero. So I know the news and I know how it works, but the the history needs to be written a certain way. And those are the those are the stories.
0: Amen. I mean, I got it. I got it. We got to get her out of here. Uh, we're up on a time <laughs> constraint here. But I mean, did you know that Sue Bird, when she started the whole vote, uh, Warnock T-shirt campaign, yeah. they ran out of T-shirts before they could get Renee one.
2: <laughs> no i was I was, you even te- have a shirt?
0: I was just texting with sue bird well, this morning being like wait did i see that renee doesn't have a t-shirt uh the, the vote warnock but that she's like on the front lines of of, of re- raising this campaign this vote get out the vote campaign and you don't have any of a t-shirt so i mean how does this work like renee what's what's yeah, the deal oh
3: no, that's and you know what i didn't even care like whenever i was just happy to be in the loop you know and so the reason i knew that that had happened is because Birdie, had hit me up and was like, hey, just letting you know, like we're doing these Boat Warnock shirts. Wanted to let you know like the messaging, what we're doing, what's our plan. And I want people to know that because this wasn't like vindictive and like, hey, we're just going to throw on these shirts. Like people planned for this. Like this mm. was a planned out thing. They told me about it before it even happened. And I was, I get it. You know, they were in the bubble, dealing with a lot already. They were playing yeah. every other day. They had a lot going on. They were doing a say her name campaign every week. I, like i said i was just happy that i stayed connected like we felt i felt so connected to the WNBA throughout that whole wobble season even though i wasn't in it so that's fine you know i don't need the shirt we got the vote so there you go. I'll, take it. I'll take a win
1: <laughs> yeah by the way that was just his way of trying to name drop that he was texas yeah, that's, it. that's it that's it
0: 100 that's it hey uh renee with with COVID hitting the NBA and, and injuries happening left and right. You might be suiting up for the Hawks before we know it. Oh. So you got to, you got to
3: Dominique keep, Wilkins, he's on the broadcast with me. They better.
0: No, hey, he can't. Have dogs Renee, out
3: there.
0: Renee, he can't do back to backs though. He'll give you, he'll give you 15 <laughs> well, good minutes tonight. <laughs> not a lot
3: of people can at this <laughs> time. Not a lot of people can.
0: Renee, thank you so much for joining us on the Haver Show and uh, best of luck with everything in the future. Can't wait to watch you again uh, on the Hawks broadcast.
1: Yeah, We got to have you back and we got to talk to the Hawks because we got a lot of
0: conversation about the Hawks. We got to have. But
2: that, <laughs> Thank you guys. Thanks a lot, happy. Renee. Thank you guys.
0: All right. Uh, that's a wrap on this uh, week's episode of The Haber Show. Amin, um, you were doing something on your phone during this episode. So, like, what were you, what were you doing? You weren't paying attention I, to
1: us? I signed up for Cameo. And so now I'm on Cameo. Cameo slash Darth Amin. Uh, just search for me there, and I got my first cameo request. All I was, while I was doing the show.
0: All right, yeah, let's do man. it right here. What is it? Let's. Oh let's, wait, no, can it be public?
1: No, it can't be because this one's a DM. See, they they, they, they also allow you. This is crazy, man.
0: People can will actually pay me, for a DM from someone. Can like yes, if you respond I'm, to someone, ka ching, you just you make some. Money. I don't
1: even. I don't even think I have to respond.
0: No, just so an it, inbox. It, you can make money off having inbox. an inbox. Three
1: bucks a pop.
0: (laughs) I've been doing this whole thing wrong, man.
1: No, dude, I'm telling you. Like, this is a radio show is requesting me to be on, and I'm like, you
2: paid three bucks? Crazy, man. Let me cut that, cut that. No, you can't do it. No,
0: no more. How, how long did it take for some, how, how long did it take for you to make money on Cameo once you downloaded the app just, or signed up?
1: signed up? I just signed up. I just signed up. I literally, right before we did the show, I recorded my intro video. Unbelievable. Yeah.
0: Thank you, Stu Gotts. I mean, he started a, a new thank economy. You Gatz. Thank you, Gotts.
1: Thank
2: you, Gotts.
0: Hey, congratulations. Well, oh. Yeah, go ahead. I was no, going to say go congratulations ahead. on your new deal, man. That's, uh, that's exciting. Yeah,
2: no, I'm excited. Is this this part of the pod or no?
0: Yeah, we're just rapping.
2: All right, okay. Yeah, so yes, I'm excited. This is going
1: to be fun. Uh, I I, I had a great eight years at ESPN. Um, As I said in my little Twitter thread thing, like, I got there, nobody knew who I was, and I leave with a much bigger platform and and there was a great pride for me to be able to tell my kids I work for Walt Disney. I work for Mickey Mouse, right?
0: Yep. And man, I've so, been there, except for where the kids yeah. thing. But in in, you know, in Uber, I, Ubers, I know you don't talk about yourself in dude, Ubers. But.
1: They, 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 re- they rebooted uh, DuckTales. And when they did, man, they made me my own personalized DuckTale version of myself, man. Oh, like, what a win, th- I mean, man. like, what a dad I'm win. telling you, I'm saying, man, like, there's no, there's no way you can do this job at, at that company and not, if you, have, if you haven't experienced something of the Disney magic one way or another, maybe it's something as simple as took my kids to Disneyland and we got in the park for free and we parked the car for free and we got 40% off on merch. Maybe it's as simple as that. Maybe it's something as fun as I took my family to the red carpet premiere for a Star Wars movie.
0: The perks I, at like, Disney are unreal. It's for everybody. It's like, hey, yeah. you a Disney cast member, and that's the I, I love the whole yeah. Disney cast you, member. Where do you make your magic?
1: It's they ask you when they see your ID,
0: and uh, they they not only give you free passes to the parks, but you can like give them away. Like you can give yeah. it uh, a free pass to your your brother's family. Like yep. you can send yep. it. You can however. And it's like they don't they don't skip on that stuff. Like they they make sure people are are. Especially families are more than delighted to be working for that company. It's a, it's unlike anything I've seen.
3: I feel
1: like I've made a terrible mistake now.
0: Yeah. No vaccines, I mean, um, and route.